What up, everybody? This is your girl, Terry Cato. I'm excited to welcome you to another episode of Real Talk with Terry. And I have a very special guest here in honor of October Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I have a longtime friend and colleague. We've done events together, Miss Sunny K. Harley. I want to welcome her back to the show. We've actually had her on Real Talk with Terry before. So if you have not seen that episode, just go to the archives, the No Longer a Bridesmaid <laughs> archives, and you will see her in a very informative and engaging um, episode of Real Talk with Terry. So welcome to the show, Miss Sunny K. Harley. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be back. Absolutely. So if you could just tell the viewers a little bit about your platform and a little bit about you. You're the founder of the Princess Book Club. You do really cool events in the greater Sacramento area. If you could just tell us a little bit more about that first. Yes, um, so um, I started the book club when I was five years old. My mother was my first book club member. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've always been a bookworm. It's something I really enjoy. I remember um, getting in trouble when I was little uh, for reading because I grew up in Los Angeles, South Central Los Angeles, and it got really hot. But in my closet, it was really cool. And I didn't realize how much time had passed by, nor did I realize my family was had been looking for me until I, I heard the uh, police radio and the dogs. Oh, <laughs> I came out of the closet. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and and um, so it's something I do in Sacramento. I have the monthly book clubs, and then I have my annual tea party for domestic violence awareness, and then um, uh, quarterly we do the book tours. And then I just started a new segment where um, we get together to market books so that I could um, teach authors how to market their books, get them on um, platforms if they want their books to become a movie or a sitcom or, um, you know, in a podcast, you know, something like that. So, right. Absolutely. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for being here and thank you for being an advocate for domestic violence. So let's talk more about your annual domestic violence tea. So my understanding is you have this annually in April and it's something that you do in honor of victims and just to be a support for those who may find themselves in domestic violence or who have come out of a situation. So could you just tell everybody a little bit more about your annual tea in honor of domestic violence victims? Okay, so the one um, this year that we held was in April. I, I hosted it the middle of every April and we did a Breakfast at Tiffany's theme and various organizations um, came out and spoke like My Sister's House, We and um, another uh, organization as well as the assistant district attorney, the prosecutor for domestic violence, family violence, and, and sexual crimes. Um, so everyone was able to come together and know that they're not alone in the situation. So we had people that were survivors. We had family members of those that have been murdered. And um, Everyone was able to come together, get resources, find out where they can get help for counseling, and um, 
you know, any other resources that they need. And it was a comfortable environment. I always create a comfortable environment for people to um, articulate themselves and not be judged. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the work that you do. And what inspired you to do the tea and to kind of take up this mantle and bring about awareness of domestic violence and to just honor and not let people forget about the victims of domestic okay, violence? Okay, so seven years ago, um, the first tea party I had, um, I, I was called by a publishing company and asked to... Um, attend their book release uh, party and asked if there was any contribution I wanted to make. And so I inquired, I said, well, what is the book about? And they said, it's um, an anthology written by several domestic violence um, survivors. And I said, wow, that's, that's pretty serious. And, um, and so when I got there, I, uh, oh, I was told that the book was called Tablespoons of Tears. So I got each one of the author's names subscribed on um, a handkerchief and I presented it to them on a silver platter and once I heard their stories I was so devastated that um, I wanted to I was compelled to do something I wanted to do something and um, so for me tea is such a, a comforting thing and so it was my way of giving them a hug I said I'll give you a tea you know, so I hosted a tea party and you came to that tea party in 2015 mm -hmm. and, um, you know, in honor of them, they sat at a VIP table, all the authors, and they were able to speak about their, you know, experiences. We had a sacred table where um, different family members were able to put their pictures of their lost loved ones on the sacred table and all the guests were able to pay homage and, um it ended up turning out to be such a healing thing because I, you know, throughout the year, I had perfect strangers walking up to me saying, I, I attended your tea party. I saw it on Good Day Sacramento. I was uh, really touched by it. It really, um, I really appreciate what you're doing. And so I said, well, you know, I'll do it again. And, and after that, I just kept doing it. Um, the reason I chose tea or a tea party is because I was the youngest of five children and when all my siblings would be leaving for school in the morning my mother would stand at the door and kiss her kids goodbye and I would cry because my mm -hmm. siblings were leaving and so with my siblings being so concerned with my abandonment issues would bop me upside the head and, and, and <laughs> call me a big baby <laughs> And so my mother would, you know, she would scoop me in her arms and hug me and, and say, we'll have tea together. And uh -huh. so that was our mommy and me time. Um, she and I would have tea and pretend we were from England. And these are what you like a spa tea, you know? <laughs> and so to me, um, tea became what I affiliate and associate with love and comforting. And so that's why I decided to give domestic violence, you know, um, a tea party. Awesome. Um, and and it's, I love it. <laughs> I get a lot of support from the, the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. They give a lot of giveaways for the, the gift bags and, mm -hmm. and things like that. And they, they help me um, um, advertise it. Uh, they send out uh, their 
Victims of Crime Unit sends out emails to the battered women's shelters and then um, the women that are not able to come out into the public and attend my tea parties, I'm able to go to the, the uh, you know, hidden houses and things like that to the mm-hmm. shelters and give them their own private party. Awesome. That's beautiful. That's such a beautiful thing that you do. And you know what? I did not realize that the tea party that I came to was your very first one. It was the first one. That was an absolute, I mean, that event, it was beautiful. You had it laid out so nice. And I was just so inspired by all of the testimonies and all of the stories from the authors. And then it was really nice how you had other authors kind of set up around the perimeter of the room. I mean, it was just a really cool event and it was so inspiring and just heartwarming. Um, You know, it was obviously, it was sad too because of all the victims, the domestic violence victims, but um, I was really moved. And, you know, I can't say that, you know, this is my mantle or this is is my mission domestic violence but it made me want to do something <laughs> right, right i was like this right, is so like people that had never even been involved with right. it, they were compelled to get involved right i mean and it because it, it even talked about um I think the uh, the sex trafficking element right. of it, of domestic violence, I didn't think about that. I mean, it was so educational and I just right. walked away um, so much more knowledgeable about domestic violence and, you know, just a lot of the different elements that go into it, um, you know, with the runaways and, you know, and the people right. that find themselves in sex trafficking. I mean, it was, it, it was very um, inspiring and motivating. And like well, I said, I'm, I'm glad. Absolutely. And you did a beautiful job with the decor and just um, the food was good, just everything. So kudos to you for a very first event because you pulled it off like it was your fifth one. <laughs> you know, I, I was doing and um, my sister, she came and mm-hmm. she was really impressed. Um, she actually gave me my first tea party when I was two. Oh. And um, she said, she had, she said, I had no idea you were going to take things so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely stuck. And, um, and, and the, in, in a good way, in a good right. way. So I love the way that um, you take something that's so near and dear to you. And then you mm-hmm. share it with other people. That's very beautiful. Um, right. so let's um, talk a little bit more about, you know, domestic violence. And what are some of the signs that people can look for? in abusive relationships or behaviors or anything like that because I know you've um, advocated in this area quite a bit I know you have a lot of good information to share right um well the um the most important thing is to to you know just be around the uh aware of your surroundings um in regard to strangers you know I've I've noticed it and I've actually um, you know, stepped into situations and where the woman will be frightened to death and scared of them, but I won't be because she's in love with them and I'm not. So he's, mm-hmm. you know, he can't scare me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I've actually stepped into and intervened mm-hmm. um, with perfect strangers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I've had, you know, uh, a good friend, um, she said that, you know, I'm going to go home and I'm going to let him know that I'm moving out. And um, that day he strangled her to death and killed her. My and Lord. she and I had been friends since we were four, since I was four. 
And um, so I know that leaving is um, the most dangerous time. Mm -hmm. You know, I spoke with a friend just recently and she's planning to leave. And so her mother and I are working together to try to convince her Mm -hmm. not to let him know Mm -hmm. because, you know, he's used to depending on her. And once that rug gets pulled out from under him, or it could be a financially dependent, or it could be just, just depending on being able to control another individual. Mm-hmm. And when they're about to lose that control, mm-hmm. they lose their mind. And that's when mm-hmm. it becomes very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, the officer that we um, paid homage to um, this at this year's tea party, she went to um, help a woman pack her things and the husband shot and killed the officer. Jesus. Yeah, in the, in the front yard, he shot and killed their officer and they had Ooh. to use a... Um, army truck to get her out or off the front lawn because he anytime that other officers try to go and to get her off the lawn he would shoot at them too so um yeah it gets that they will lose their mind once you try to leave mm-hmm. and so um i would say if you know someone that's in a domestic violence awareness um i mean domestic violence situation just keep on taking notes keep taking notes and document everything all the situations that they're telling you about mm-hmm. because once it gets to court, that is going to be legal and binding. Mm. Um, be supportive, you know, don't judge them because there's a thing called oxytocin. When someone is in a relationship, there's a chemical release that connects those two people. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, a, a spiritual and a physical and a chemical connection. And so it's, it's hard to tear apart. They, you know, for example, they say marriage, the two shall become one. And so a separation is a tearing of the flesh. And that's very, very painful and difficult. Mm-hmm. So, you know, try not to make it, minimize it in any way. It's not easy mm-hmm. for that person to get out of the situation. I always try to explain to people it's for uh, on a much, much lighter scale um, growing up back in the old fashioned days, we had a landline as phones called landline. Mm-hmm. And we had a phone on the, um, I had a phone on my kitchen wall and everyone had to stand at the kitchen counter to talk on the phone. And so I installed a cordless phone mm-hmm. when the cordless phones came out, but everyone still stood at the kitchen counter and <laughs> talked on the wall. And then uh, I said, creatures of habit. Right. And so I said, okay, I'll take it off the receiver now taking it to the living room and I'll set it down on the, on the coffee table. When the phone rings, they'll have to, they would pick up the phone, answer the phone and walk into the kitchen. And stand wow. at the wall. That's amazing. And when, I, when I would interrupt them and say, Hey, you don't have to stand at the wall anymore. You're free to go. They would get mad at me for interrupting their conversation. Right. But eventually they realized I'm free now and they would walk outside and they were so happy mm-hmm. that they were free. But you know, so that's the um, example that I use. It takes them a while to realize that they're free to go. They mm-hmm. can go. Mm-hmm. And so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, definitely. Um, it suggests take them, take them, take them with you or go to um, any type of counseling that you can get. Um, I've had to um, 
realize that I am a friend that is the extent of me. I do not have extensive um, knowledge or, or education in, in mental health. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I lost a friend's suicide. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when I learned that um, I cannot save anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's important to take that person to a professional, someone that knows Absolutely. how to navigate out of those situations. Right. And, and you're in um, that. So, and that's, so you're making that point for the victim once they're out of the situation and they're okay. Now you're free, go and seek help and assistance to kind of help you get back in the right head space and, um, lead them to the road to healing. So that's what you're suggesting or, um, no, during, during, okay. Even oh, during. definitely mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. because the, the counselor can actually help them navigate their way out of it, out of help it, them to understand how they even got there in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's and, great advice. Yeah. That's great advice. I, w- I wouldn't have even um, thought of that, but of course, well, that's not my area of expertise, <laughs> but thank you for um, bringing that out. Um, so even people, if they find themselves in an abusive situation now, seek counseling, someone who can help you navigate safely out. And I'm yeah. so glad you said that because um, when you mentioned about um, the officer being shot and killed, trying to help a lady safely leave, I immediately thought of like two incidents that I know of back in my hometown, one when I was a child and one that just happened a couple of years ago, where when I was a child, it was an almost identical situation, but it was like a sister going to help her sister move out while the husband was at work Mm -hmm. and a neighbor called the husband at work and said, your wife or somebody is moving stuff out of your house. He left work and he shot and killed both of those sisters in the front yard. Oh my God. And I'm like, I don't know who that nosy neighbor was. And I'm sure they thought that they were probably thought that they were doing the right thing, but they are in part, you know, I mean, he obviously gave the reason for it because he pulled the trigger and he shot, but I'll never forget that. Um, because the, the one sister, she went to our church, the one who went to help and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he shot and killed both the, um, they were going through a divorce or she was filing for a divorce and she went to Mm. her stuff and, um, he killed them both right there in the front yard. Mm. So he was at work. They were trying to leave. So you, so I just wanted to reiterate that, like what you said, make sure that it's safe to leave. Um, Cause I didn't even really think about that either, that the leaving part can be the most right. dangerous part of it. And then I thought about another situation where there's a young lady trying to leave and her friend is helping her and um, you know, the boyfriend comes and that ended up being a deadly situation as well. Mm. So I, and I'll just leave it at that um, because that actually is probably still being parts of it is still being litigated and investigated. But mm-hmm. um, but that is 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 very serious. So I definitely um, want people to stop, pause, and you know just do the safe thing at right the right time. And then even with bystander intervention you mentioned something very important and I don't want people to miss that because you said it right when you started talking and you were basically talking about bystander intervention 
right which is very important but at the same time you know being that good samaritan or being the person that that is speaking up it can put you in danger so oh indeed we have to be careful with that as well even mm-hmm. you know with bystander intervention doing the right thing um but at the same time you know not putting yourself in danger but but again just doing what we can um right you know and the best thing is to you know get out of those situations when is safe and you know so let's um let's just talk a little bit about how family friends how you can support someone and you were you were kind of seeing that um as you were talking but could you just elaborate a little bit more on how friends family co-workers how you can support someone who may be in a domestic violence situation and you know about right it. So um, one of the things that the CDCR, California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation's Victims of Crime Unit has given me, they've given me um, some very good resources, pamphlets and things of that nature. And I packaged them together and um, labeled them friend. And I give those out at, uh, at my tea parties and I explain if you're you know, out and about and you're not wanting to put yourself in danger, and you see that, you know, that someone else is, you know, um, looked, looks to be in danger, you know, you can um, slip them that little envelope and it's loaded with some terrific resources to help them out of those situations. And, um, you know, I titled it friend in, in case the person has to explain, oh, it's just a friend of mine, you know, giving me this. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, they can help disguise that and um also 211 is a, a very good resource to help um get women out of the situations they give emergency shelter like within 24 hours and you, you, know? you let's repeat that again you said that was 211 yes and okay. you can call that from anywhere okay it's this sort of like 911 mm-hmm. it's 211 and, okay. and they help get people out of domestic men and women out of mm-hmm. domestic violence um situations and if you do have a friend or a family member that's involved and they're not wanting to um leave uh you can just make sure you're always there for them and uh, you know you may get tired of hearing it and you feel like why don't they just leave once again, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. The best thing you could do is just take them to professional help, get mental help. We need to normalize mental health. That person needs mental health because they're being driven crazy by someone else that's crazy. And um, and just continue to document everything and be there for them as much as possible because um, your documentation will hold up in court you know you're keeping dates and times of when this person called and while you're on the phone with her he's yelling in the background you know calling her you know out of her name and you know the kids are crying or you know you went by there to bring them food because there wasn't any food in the house and you know he slammed the door in your face and wouldn't let you get you know whatever it is document it document it just keep that documentation and um, I just want everyone to be aware of the fact that this is 
this is dangerous. It's mm -hmm. very, very dangerous and it's deadly. You know, I, I know um, a mother that comes to my tea party all the time. I mean, every year. And um, her daughter was murdered while she was in the safe house. He, you know, Jeez. came in the house and he, he found her. He made it his mission to find her and he wow. found her and shot her in the face and killed her and then turned himself in. Wow. And <sighs> just because he couldn't control her anymore. Couldn't control her anymore. Mm -hmm. and a lot of times that's all that's what it all boils down to it's just right. control it's just that that control thing so um so this is a very serious topic is very heavy but I feel like it's very important to share this information as we observe um domestic violence awareness month and um you know it's a sensitive topic as well because um a lot of times people don't like to even talk about it right um you know so you could easily have a friend a co-worker a colleague a, a church member that could be going through a domestic violence situation and we don't even know it because we hear a lot about the physical um mm -hmm. intimidation or we hear about the physical violence but we don't um talk much about the mental intimidation or the um or the financial abuse, you know, financial or mental abuse, you know, a lot of women, they stay because of finances, you know, it's like, what are they going to do? Um, right. They, they feel trapped. And a lot of times exactly. it all goes hand in hand, you know, but, you know, there are plenty of women, you know, they're not being physically abused, but they're being abused in other ways, you know, it's the exactly. and the the, the, you know, psychological abuse and, right. you know, and again, you know, withholding finances and punishing and, you know, just different things, things. like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to speak to you. And, mm -hmm. and, um, I know there was a girl at work and she was so mean and everyone hated her and no one got along with her. And, um, you know, the, the Holy spirit just told me to just, just love her, just mm -hmm. keep loving her no matter what. Mm -hmm. and and um finally one day she just burst into tears and she said I just don't understand how you can still be nice to me I've been so mean to you and then you know I was able to let her know you know hurt people hurt people absolutely and I just sensed that you were in a lot of pain and um I, so I just didn't take it personal mm -hmm. you know um my job is not to judge you my job you know is to love you that that's all I'm supposed to do Absolutely. And I heard this um, actually from a teacher, but I think it applies to everybody. She said it in specifically, um, it, it was specifically meant for children, but she said sometimes the child in your class, that's the hardest to love. They are the one who needs the love and attention the most. most. And I'm like, that is deep. I'm like, when you think about it, I'm like, that is so true. And I think yes. it's true for just people in general. Sometimes the very people that are the hardest to love, mm -hmm. they are the ones that need it the most. Because like you said, hurt people hurt people. people and they just need somebody to love on them because yeah. you never know what that woman was going through at home you never know what she's been through in her childhood you know some sort of trauma you just don't right. know people's story right and sometimes we're so quick to judge and be like oh I don't like her I don't like him and you know for me I try to give everybody grace the same kind of grace mm -hmm. I would want <laughs> right. like, God forbid if you run across me on a bad day <laughs> you'll be like she is a b <laughs> but hey i'm having a bad day it's so easy to love and and you know 
I don't even get points for loving you. It's, 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 well, you know, I doesn't count until it's, it's that person is difficult. You know? <laughs> you know, I don't know. There, there probably are some people in my past, especially, um, you know, when I was going through the death of my mom and I was mm. really young and had to take on a lot of responsibility at a young age. I probably was kind of hard to love during that season. I'm sure. <laughs> but, and how's your brother doing? Oh my God, my brother is doing awesome. He is married, has three kids of his own, has a master's degree. He's doing really, really well. I'm so proud of him. He's a youth pastor and, you know, just has a beautiful family. Um, you know, he's doing really well. So Yeah, because I, I know you You almost had to step in and you weren't even much older than him to be, mm -hmm. you know, like a serious no. mom. Yeah, yeah, so basically was a surrogate mom and, you know, took him in. And um, that was a very difficult time for me. So yeah. I'm sure, you know, there's probably people that were in my life at that time, you know, where they were like, okay, Terry is very difficult. But, you know, Terry had a lot going on in her personal right. life. I had taken on a lot of responsibility. You know, I had buried a mom and, you know, took on a brother. And, and yeah, there were other family members there. But as the oldest child, um, you know, I the brunt of the responsibility of doing sure. that. so you just never know you know sometimes people can be going through an illness or a sickness mm -hmm. um and so we I think we just need to give people grace and we need to yes. love people where they are for who they are and not for who we want them to be you know? exactly um, and so with that, um, you know, we, we're, we're just going to say, you know, just keep loving on those people that are mm. in difficult um, domestic situations, knowing that it's very volatile, it's very dangerous. So we just want to be smart about how we help them and how we support them. And we never want to do anything to put, you know, ourselves or them in danger mm -hmm. or the children. Right. You know, because right. I'm, I'm even thinking of when I was a child, the domestic violence situation um, where the husband, they were going through a divorce, the wife was going to leave him and he killed um, her and the girls, you know, two girl, right. girls hid in the closet. And I just remember being a little girl myself. And that just broke my heart because that mm. was just the talk of the town. That's all right. people you know, talked about where, where those mm -hmm. girls, you know, hide in the closet, you know, and their mm -hmm. dad, you know, he shot and killed all of them, you know. Right. And if you um, think about it, it's almost as common as a cold. If, if it hasn't happened to you, you know, someone that it's happened to. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and just like so, I shared with you earlier, you know, I've never been in a physically abusive situation, but I have witnessed domestic right. violence as a child and like you said I know tons of people tons of example you know just growing up in the community the church um you know people so you're exactly mm -hmm. right so this is a serious issue um but we did want to bring this information and is there anything else as we bring this to a close any resources that you you've mentioned some resources already the 211 right. um, any additional resources you want to share with people because I love to spread positive positivity and information on this podcast and this platform so anything else you want to share before we close out well definitely um 211 definitely love care and be patient with that person and help you know walk them out of that situation mental health is a really big deal to me it's so mm -hmm. important and um just be around aware of your surroundings if you see someone in that situation try to you know pass them information let them know that you're available, you know, even if it's a stranger that you're available to help. If you could slip them a note or something, 
um, just we just have to look out for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. it's just important. And I would say start with the two one one because two one one can then guide you to whatever shelters that are that have uh, a bed available. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much for sharing this information. Thank you so much for sharing your platform um, about this serious and important um, issue in our community. It's like a cancer. Um, we have to cut it out. I mean, right. we, we just I, I just don't know. We, we first of all have to bring awareness to it. And then mm. everybody, everybody just needs to get the, the help that they need, you know, both the victim, the perpetrator, you know, the children that witness it. Um, you know, my heart just goes out to all who are involved. So thank you again for bringing about where awareness to this um, situation. And I just always like to leave on a positive note. But before I do that, um, tell the people how they can reach you. The Princess Book Club, you do your domestic violence awareness tea every April? Yes, mm-hmm. every April. And then I'm, I'm on um, Facebook and Instagram. I'm on all the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, my telephone number, 916-470-8951. That's myself. And um, <laughs> my email address is the T-H-E, don't forget that part, <laughs> Princess Book Club at Yahoo. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. You are a brave woman to give out your cell number. Wow. <laughs> Go on, girl, giving out your cell number. Okay. <laughs> So you know how to reach the Princess Book Club and how to support um, her annual domestic violence tea and her great events, her her cool book events. Um, Look that up on social media and feel free to give a follow and support. So as we close this out, I always like to leave you with the positive message. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift, which is why we call it the present. So make this more count. Have a great day. And thank you, Miss Sunny K. Harley, for once again appearing on Real Talk with Terry. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I just wish you um, peace, love, and uh, what was that? Hair grease? Peace, love, and hair grease. <laughs> we don't use hair grease anymore, but <laughs> some coconut oil, maybe. yes so have a good evening um and thank you all for tuning in to another episode of real talk with terry until next time have a blessed day bye okay thank you you. bye-bye bye-bye